So, I have a prop this morning. Did anyone notice? Yes. What is it? It's a caramel apple. Ah. A caramel apple. Anybody like caramel apples? A couple of you. Put your hands back up. Let me see who. Oh, good. Bill, I need a volunteer. So, I want you to stand right here for just a minute. Yeah, you look, that's because it's beer day for the guys, because all the women are gone. (laughs) All the women are gone. Many of our women are gone, like 50 of them are up at the women's retreat this weekend. So, I always feel lucky if the husbands without wives show up. (laughs) And Bill is one of those. So, we don't care how you dress. We're glad you're here. Put down my beer, turned off the TV. TV. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So how long have you liked caramel apples? Um, I'm 29 now. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought I would share mine with you. I'll let you just cut however much you want, because if you're like me, biting into it is probably not a good idea at this point. So go ahead and just take however much of that you'd like to have. And let me know how it tastes. It's biting me. Yeah? It's a good knife. I got you a good knife. You're going to take the big part? (laughs) I let you. Pull hard. Oh, well. I know this trick. (laughs) Yeah. I figured it out already. Am I supposed to take a bite now? You don't have to. It's up to you. Why, why would you not want to? Well, I know what's, what it actually is made out of, but I... <laughs> You are brave. It's a contrast. It's bittersweet. It's... Yes? Did you tell them why? You know, sometimes inside every, uh, what's it George Carlin says, is outside every silver lining there's a dark cloud. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think what it says to me is that um, you can't, well, you can't judge a book by its cover, but sometimes what's on the inside is not nearly as sweet as what you see on the outside. And what's on the inside here? Oh, an onion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Wait, wait. I'm not really that mean, so this one is actually really an apple, and you can take that one home with you. Thank you. (laughs) Many layers, huh? Not what you were expecting. So... This thing happens to us as we grow up. We started today watching a little clip from the Rodgers and Hammerstein play, Cinderella. This thing happens in our lives where we learn that we're supposed to judge beauty on the exterior of ourselves. And how do we learn that? We learn that from some really... Uh, kind of convoluted things that happen in our life, and Cinderella is one of them, isn't it? Because the story of Cinderella is that this young woman, although very sweet and poorly treated, can only be seen by her handsome prince after the fairy godmother comes in and whips her up a new outfit and makes her beautiful (laughs) enough. Whips her up. Right? 
She's got to have something new, and it takes magic. It takes magic. And what is even more amazing about it is once she's lost her shoes and her clothes, he can't recognize her anymore. Right? How many of you showed Cinderella to your child? Right? Without even thinking about it. It's one of our favorite fairy tales, isn't it? And it begins in young children to develop an idea about how we measure beauty, what it is we have to do to achieve the relationship that we're looking for. So as very young children, we learn that if something looks right on the outside, it will be right on the inside, just like this caramel apple, which isn't really an apple, is it? It's an onion. How many of you have had relationships that started out looking this way and ended up looking like this. Yes, everybody better put their hands up. Yeah, it happens because this is what we have been taught to look for to an amazing degree. Do you know in the United States alone, just in our country, think about the three quarters of the world that leaves. In the United States alone, we spend $62 billion a year on cosmetics. Is that not mind-boggling? $62 million a year we spend on cosmetics, and that doesn't include the weight loss industry or the clothing industry. That's just to make our face look better. $62 billion a year. What is even more startling is that while 80% of women in our country will say that everyone has something beautiful about them, only 4% of the women in this country believe they're beautiful. How startling is that? 4%. Wow. Does it matter? Yes, it does. Because these ideas run our society. Our media does a great job of selling us on the idea that we don't have enough, we're not enough, we need more, we need to change. Something is not right. Something needs to be different than it is. And because we have that influence from a very young age, and our kids have even more of it now than they did when we were kids, we have been influenced for 29 years, like Bill said. We've been influenced for a few years. And even though we think we know better, we're still buying $62 billion worth of cosmetics to make sure that the face that we put on for the world is attractive enough, that the clothing that we wear is appealing enough, that we're able to be accepted for who we look like instead of who we are. So the story of Cinderella is interesting. It was written in Naples in the 17th century. It was not a story about beauty. It was a political story. It was written at a time when the slaves and the servants in that area were being very poorly treated. And, you know, in the 17th century, you didn't have a lot of warmth anyway in Europe, and you know, in that part of Europe. And they... Um, The story was written to describe the plight of the servants who were forced to live in the basements and who slept by the fires 
And so the, the original name, which I can't pronounce, it's in, obviously in Italian, but the original name of the young lady is a translation for the word ash because the women and the, the people slept close to the hearth because it was so cold and they would wake up and move through life covered with ash. And so the story was a statement that was designed to gain political attention for the plight of these people. It was designed to make, kind of make fun of the fact that, that the, um, the higher echelon of people looked beautiful and saw each other, but if you slept in the ash, you weren't seen. And over time, we've lost that. Over time, we've lost the value of the story. It was really meant to ask the aristocrats to look differently at the people who were in service to them. And today, we use it as a story to to teach us something about how we should be in the world, to teach us that we can find our Prince Charming and that, you know, if our... Whatever it is they're looking for, whatever is our glass slipper, that eventually somebody will see it. But the message is getting lost on our kids, and it's lost on us too. It's a powerful story if we explain it, if we know the history of it, if we use it correctly. But if we don't, it simply teaches our kids that what they look like on the outside is more important than the inside. And we believe it. We do everything in our life to make sure that the outside is correct. So what is it that you want in your relationships? How often do you see what's on the outside and think that's it? And this is not just your love relationships. It's the people you work with. It's the people that you have friendships with, that you surround yourself with. How often are our standards set so that if someone looks like us, that would be the right person? What is it that you really want in your relationships? Well, to answer that question, you first have to ask yourself, what would it take for you to be lovable? 80% of women, and I will tell you I've raised four boys. I don't think men are far off from this. Because raising teenage boys, you see that they are just as concerned about how they look as any girl is. And they have fewer tools they can use to make corrections. Okay? So just let's just say of everybody, let's just use that statistic. 80% of people would say there's something beautiful about everyone. And only 4% of the population considers themselves beautiful. What would it take for you to believe that you are beautiful? If you didn't have a mirror, would you think you were beautiful? Anybody ever go camping where you're away from the mirror for several days? Don't you feel good? Yeah. Once you get past this, there's a whole different experience of life, isn't there? What is it about you that isn't an exterior aspect that you think is beautiful? Is it that you have an authentic heart? Is it that you're kind? Perhaps it's that you have the tenacity to overcome. Maybe your life has challenged you. Maybe you have grown wise and you see your wisdom. Maybe you are more balanced, more in harmony with the world. 
Perhaps it's that you're physically strong and capable. Perhaps it's that you have a deep heart. What is it that you love about yourself? We don't take time for this question, do we? It's a question that takes time. It takes time to think about that. Does it feel like the most important question you could ask? A couple of you. See, for me, it's the last thing on my list. Who cares? I don't have time for that question. I have a lot of people to do things for. Right? Isn't that really what we do? I need to check my Facebook. I need to see my favorite television show. I'm going hiking today. Who cares? What do I love about myself? What is that going to get me? Knowing that I love something, that's going to get me an inflated ego. That's what it's going to get me. What is that going to get me? The reality is what will come from knowing what you love about yourself is the ability to attract to yourself someone who is like you. The qualities that you admire in someone else are generally the qualities you would like to bring forth from yourself. They're the things that are important to you. Authenticity, honesty, loyalty, respect. Their open-heartedness, kindness, caring. The things that we value in other people, we value because they matter in our heart. And generally, they're things that exist within us. We very rarely are capable of valuing someone who's kind If we have no experience of kindness, of being kind, we don't see it. We rarely are able to identify open-heartedness unless we have experienced what it is to live in the world with an open heart. And then we see it. So how we find the people that we want to spend our lives with is by recognizing what we love in ourselves by noticing what is truly valuable to us, by seeing beauty from the inside out rather than the outside in, and truly understanding that what's out here is really not nearly as important as the sweetness of a person's heart. I have a couple quotes for you today. Khalil Gibran said, The appearance of things changes with the emotions, and thus we see magic and beauty in them, while the magic and beauty are really in ourselves. Sue Krebs said, Just as the beauty of a blossom unfolds one petal at a time, so too the beauty of our soul is revealed one layer at a time. Anil Sinha said, if truly you want to be blessed and to have a meaningful life, you must love and respect yourself first. When you love yourself, everything falls in line. You see the world with an open mind. You feel confident and comfortable in yourself, and that really makes you beautiful. And the Buddha said, you yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, Deserve your love and affection. Mm. 